0: this is the voice podcast network
1: welcome back to the turf and burn podcast with co hosts caroline and dylan so today we wanted to start off strong by diving right in into the nhl and the nhl playoff picture So first thing first, I wanted to talk about the Seattle Kraken clinching a playoff spot, which is very exciting because this is a new franchise that just um, got established last year. They were really bad last year, one of the worst in the league. They were not an exciting team. Yeah, I mean, fans went to their games, but this year they've had a lot of new blood. They have Maddie Veneers leading the charge. They have... They just drafted Shane Wright, who was supposed to be the projected number one overall pick, but then fell to four to Seattle. They have a lot of young talent, a lot of resurging players, and they made it to the playoffs. So, Dylan, what do you think this means for the franchise? What do you think this means for the fans?
0: Well, first off, I think a caveat to throw in we're recording here on April 11th, which is Tuesday. So, hopefully, by the time you're hearing some of this, most of the stuff won't be outdated because I'm pretty sure a lot of the playoff implications will be happening on Wednesday. But just in case, giving you the heads up, Here we are recording on Tuesday. On to that point in particular, I know last episode you were really campaigning for Seattle to make the playoffs. You thought it would be a great story. And now we've arrived at that point because since we last recorded, they've gone off and won five consecutive games. They've now reached 100 points. The benchmark, they're at 46 wins on the season. They continue their road dominance. They are 26 and 10 on the road this season, which is a good thing going into the playoffs as a wild card because they will likely be playing most of their games on the road anyway. It's a really interesting matchup to see what's going to happen in the rest of the West, although I do think it's pretty much over at this point. Winnipeg is going to get the last spot following Calgary's um, defeat. Elimination, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, as for Seattle in particular, because I know everyone brags about how Vegas jumped in the league and had immediate success, Seattle now, I believe in year two, year three, are doing really well, and it's great to see that expansion teams, which are usually viewed as heavy underdogs, are coming in and actually dominating in hockey. Maybe that leads the way for baseball to expand in a couple of years from now, seeing how good <laughs> teams in the NHL did by expanding. But that's a story for another day. I know you're a huge Seattle fan in theory because you, you last week you said if you wanted to see one team make the playoffs, it was Seattle from the West. So
1: Yes, that's very true. That's because, yeah, I will say – since Vegas make like going all the way to the finals in their very first year, that is like unprecedented. Specifically in the past, NHL expansion teams have done really horribly, and it's taken them like four, five, six years to even start making the playoffs or getting gaining any traction whatsoever. So, and honestly, this was very unexpected. I thought the Kraken were going to be better um, starting the season, like. Um, when the NHL like season first started in October. But they started off the season really strong. They won a bunch of games in a row. Then they kind of, you know, middled out. They lost a couple of games um, towards the middle of the season, especially in the, like, January-February slumps, which are hard to battle. And then they've kind of picked it up, like you were mentioning, winning five, winning their last – or they're on a five-game winning streak and winning seven out of their last ten. Um, so they've picked up – the pace again they have that momentum and like I said I think they have a lot of energizing exciting players do I think they're going to do that well in the playoffs perhaps not I don't think this is the season for them because they just don't have any experience whatsoever but I think it's very exciting I think the playoff atmosphere is going to be electric there I know every player like always cites like Vegas as one of their favorite stadiums or arenas to play in um especially with the on-ice performance and you know the light display and the fans and how loud and rowdy the crowd is and I'm sure Seattle it would be great too in um, Climate Pledge Arena
0: I think Seattle's also lined up currently to face Edmonton in round 1 which unfortunately if you're going to find one team that's hotter than Seattle right now it is the uh, Edmonton who's won 7 games in a row 9 and 0 oh, in their last 10 overall so yeah, definitely exactly. a juggernaut they're running into
1: exactly whoa big word <laughs> and if you remember from last episode i picked the oilers to win the stanley cup so <laughs> i will be going with the oilers over seattle if if the rankings stay um but moving on to the <laughs>
0: do we have to <laughs> the
1: eastern conference first of all i wanted to talk about the bruins setting the nhl record for the most wins in a se- single season um so this is regular season obviously but they have 63 wins in the season in an 82-game season after beating the Flyers. Um, and the previous record was 62 wins held by the 2018-2019 Lightning and the 1995-1996 Detroit Red Wings. And I know Dylan is really high on the Bruins making it all the way to the, to the finals, maybe even winning it. This is like true juggernaut status. Um, what are your thoughts on the Bruins and breaking this record?
0: I've had a reversal of heart in the last week. Wow. Because the more I realize it, the more we've seen in history, one seeds just get knocked off easy Mm -hmm. in the NHL over any other sport. And I feel like it would be such a sort of that's hockey moment where all of a sudden this juggernaut of a team that we think we keep using that word, but we think they're the clear number one and then they come into the playoffs and get knocked off by a Pittsburgh or the Islanders in round one would just be so hockey. With that being said, 33 and 4 at home, 30 and 8 away, won six in a row. They've already like locked up their playoff spot by far, so you'd think maybe, all right, ease the pedal a little bit. And they are, minutes are going down for their key players towards the end of the season here, and they've still won six games in a row. So it seems like they're either going to lose in round one or they're going to win the whole thing. I'm going to hedge my bet there a little bit because I know last week I made the Volt fiction of their winning and it's not even going to be a contest. I think I said Minnesota. It's actually gonna like. He <laughs> said I Bruins that? versus Minnesota, but yeah. you said
1: that Minnesota could take it.
0: But I think in general, a really good story. It deserves more attention because if a sport like basketball or football, you had a team that set the record for most wins in a season. That's the headline of ESPN. Mm-hmm. Versus here, it more seems like a tossed round story that most people aren't actually talking about, except for inside the hockey community, which is definitely something that's a little disappointing to see. I will say. There is the caveat of now you can technically win a game in overtimes, which you haven't in, like, forever, forever hockey history. But um, still an amazing record, an amazing season. Whenever you go 63 and freaking 12, like, there's not much to really complain about. But watch out for the Islanders in round one.
1: Yeah, wow. Bold prediction. I will say, like Dylan was mentioning, so Bruins have already clinched yeah. the President's Trophy. And President's Trophy winners, specifically, not even, like, number one seeds in their divisions, but President's Trophy winners have always, always, literally always, like, gotten out in the first or the second rounds, like, very historically. And its um, and it's been very unprecedented. I don't know if, it, if this was the last one that happened, but maybe Chicago Blackhawks were the last ones to do it in the lockout season. I'm not sure. Um, but I do know it's very unprecedented for President's Trophy winners to... Um, go far in the playoffs and I will have to say yeah I don't know I like I believe in the Bruins because it's giving a last dance kind mm-hmm. of feel for me like we have Patrice Bergeron who's I mean all their core players are aging Patrice Bergeron David Krejci he came back for a year after playing in um, Czech like the Czech Republic last year Um, Patrice Bergeron like was deciding whether or not to return um, Brad Marchand, I mean, he's definitely aging as well. So it seems like it's kind of the last run for this core group. And obviously we're, we already have Zdeno Chara, Zdeno Chara and Tuka Rask retiring. Um, but the core, like, forward group, it seems like this is their last chance. And they do have playoff experience. I can't find a better captain than Patrice Bergeron to keep the locker room steady, to, like, play with poise, to lead by example. Um so, I, it's hard for me to see a scenario where Boston loses, like, four games. Um, and I will also say, for example, we mentioned the previous record of 62 wins was held by the 2018-2019 Tampa Bay Lightning. And I would like to remind everyone that they got swept in the first round of the playoffs by the Columbus Blue Jackets in four games. And that was completely unprecedented. Columbus was the underdog. They really took it to the lightning I mean key players like Kucherov um Brayden Point were shut out of that playoff series so I think it'll be interesting I do think the the makeup and the story of the Bruins versus the lightning are very different um so I guess we'll see I am a doubter of the Bruins but I could see them making it past the first round
0: I'll stick to my guts because I know you gave me a face when I said I'm going to back down from my prediction, but um <laughs> This The thing is, yes, we just acknowledge that there's a lot of one seeds and, you know, even the top seed overall in the entire league that have gone on to be eliminated. But this team just seems so dominant. Like, even when they're losing a game, which has been rare this season, it's never been a blowout victory. Mm-hmm. And even when they're like, their wins are just so dominant that it seems even if a scrappy team like Florida were to play them in round one and get a victory or even two, it seems rather difficult to imagine a team like Boston that's, won, that's lost 12 games over the span of the last six months mm-hmm. to all of a sudden lose four games in a week.
1: I mean, they've lost 17 if you count overtimes. <laughs> no, but I also want to point the goal differential, which is above and away miles and miles mm. like ahead of everyone. They're at 124 plus goal differentials. And the next closest team is the uh, Dallas Stars with 63. And then after them are the Oilers with plus 61. So I think that's why. Like, that's more than that's more than double or, like, double, basically. So they're scoring way – I mean, it's not even that they're scoring way more goals. They are. But also their defensive structure is so sound. They've been writing Linus Olmark um, – Who's been playing lights out for them, and also Jeremy Swayman, but also their defense have just has just been so solid that they they don't need to rely on them that much. But their goaltenders are all in the Vezina conversation. So I think just this is a team that's firing on all cylinders. They've kept that momentum all throughout the year. They really I think they really only had a three or four game. Schlump, mm-hmm. again in that January-February season, but that is such a short period of time compared to the other, yeah. you know, slumps we've seen other teams go through. So I really see them carrying that momentum through. Um, and I do, I will say, I mean, and I guess this is a transition to talking about the wild cards in the Eastern Conference. I think the Islanders have a good chance of beating the Bruins. The other wild card, whether that be... The Penguins. Well, actually, I could see the Penguins also beating them, but if it, I don't if the Panthers and you know I'm still holding out for the Sabers to make the playoffs, but if it's Sabers or Panthers, I don't I don't see them um, beating Boston.
0: I will also throw in they have the highest goal differential or positive goal differential in the entire 21st century. So just goes to show that um, this is a dominant team that seems unlike any other one seed that we've seen at least in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned you think the Islanders. You're confident that they could make a run at Boston if they were to. Face-off, I am confident that the New York Islanders are not making the playoffs. <laughs> I alone. know, we're very difficult... <laughs> um, <a laughs> we back to
1: Dylan doubting the Islanders. A
0: tough loss against the Capitals at this point last night. Um, thank God we didn't actually go to that game, because <laughs> uh, I would have been miserable watching the Islanders' funeral game. <laughs> Basically, the Penguins now have the extra game at hand, they which do. it seems like they'll likely win both of their matchups just if things go the way they're supposed to, which would put them at 94 on the season. Florida's technically supposed to win there. They're the favorites as well, I assume, in their game, potentially, which would put them at 94 as well. And then you have the Islanders looking on the outside at 93 wins. Although, thank you to former Islander friend, enemy, John Tavares, for at least for another day keeping the Islanders' playoffs hopes alive with his game-winning goal last night in overtime.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Panthers are playing the Hurricanes Um, for their very last game. So I could see them losing that, especially because the Hurricanes are on a three-game losing streak and really kind of need to turn it around for the playoffs. Um, Does
0: the game matter for them for seeding? I don't remember.
1: Actually, it does. Because um, right now the Hurricanes are at 109 points with 80 games played, and the Devils are at 108 points also with 80 games played. Mm -hmm. So Hurricanes are only one point ahead um, you, I thought they were going to run away with the division. I thought they were going to be um, sitting comfortably at the top. Clearly, the Devils have given them a run for their money. But Devils are playing the Sabres tonight. So this is, again, Tuesday, April 11th. And as someone who believes in the Sabres, the Sabres just beat the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I think that they can carry that momentum um, into – and they also beat the Hurricanes. So I'm like, I think they can carry that momentum – In their next three games, it's between Devils, Senators, and Blue Jackets. Um, They do have to win all of them, and there has to be a lot of other things, like (laughs) Panthers, Islanders, and Penguins, like, losing games. But there's a chance. There's a mathematical chance. And I will say, I could see Ilya Sorokin really could carry the Islanders, put the Islanders. It would be, like, a goalie matchup of, Mm -hmm. like, Sorokin versus Ullman, um, showdown of the goalies. And then if the Islanders can really just shut it down and then get some key scoring from Bo Horvat, from Anders mm-hmm. Lee, from Brock Nelson, who I don't like to give <laughs> kudos to, from Hudson Bashing. Thank you very much. Um, I really could see them. Same with Penguins, just because they have that veteran status. They It's Sidney Crosby. You can't doubt them. But, yeah, Panthers, I just don't think they've been very good to def- defensively they haven't been hard to play against they kind of try and outscore their problems which you can't really do with boston and then (laughs) sabers are they even making the playoffs and they're so young
0: so the last episode technically of turf and burn before the playoffs begin which means we have to ask you the question gun to your head the two teams that are making the wild card in the east are
1: i'm gonna go panthers islanders well actually no i'm taking that back sorry let me take that back right now I'm going to go Islanders-Penguins.
0: Okay. I'll go Panthers-Penguins.
1: <laughs> wow. I, I don't think... I was like... I don't think... To be honest, I don't think Penguins, Islanders, or Panthers deserve to make the playoffs. I think yeah. the Sabres do. They've been really in the... like, And I think their fans deserve it. It's been 10 years since they've last made the playoffs. They've been at the bottom of the league, and they're really, really turning it up this season. So, I think... That's why I'm rooting for the Sabers.
0: <laughs> I think Columbus deserves to make the playoffs. Their fans have been through a lot this year negative 113 goal differential. Okay, the But season. they've made
1: the play. Like I said, they swept the Lightning in that like tw- in those um, 2019 season playoffs. So I mean, their their fans have have had some things to root for. Um, but I will say, like I said, I'm gonna stick to my Stanley Cup predictions of who did I say Lightning versus Oilers? Yeah yeah i'm gonna do
0: that i might be changing off minnesota but we'll we'll wait till we do our next episode yeah, next week yeah, exactly. discussing our playoff formats to go into detail there however there's another sport that is about to begin their playoff adventures and that is the nba the playoff tournament um, i believe begins later this week we also had a little bit of a scandal about a team that did not make the playoffs and the dallas mavericks were supposed to they acquired kyrie irving at the deadline and as what happens with all kyrie irving teams things go in flames and the <laughs> culture gets shocked. And as a result, they're now out of the playoffs. There was a little bit of a scandal between Mark Cuban actually sat all his important players in the final game of the season because there was a question of if they had won their game and made the play-in tournaments, they would have actually lost their top overall draft pick mm-hmm. by losing, They, I think it was, they're officially now in the 10th spot in the draft, which means they get to hold on to it because the 10th pick was protected. Mm-hmm. So really interesting team in that it seems rather obvious that they were tanking that game and losing and said it's more important to maintain the tenth pick as opposed to being the tenth seed in the playoffs. Maybe Mark Cuban will now get a fine, a slap on the wrist for doing that. But your thoughts on the NBA playing tournament, the Mavericks, and anything to do with the sport of basketball.
1: I mean, I think Mark Cuban was really smart there. I would not want to give up my first round pick either. I think that I think he was just kind of he was playing within the rules. No one said he couldn't do that. Um, well,
0: there's a, tamper, there's a no <laughs> tanking rule.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's <laughs> tanky though. They didn't finish bottom last, mm-hmm. and they're not getting the first overall pick. And I, I think that was the smartest move the mavericks have gone 7 and 25 in the in the last 2 months of this season that is negative momentum that's like dragging if you like you again gun to your head you could not force the mavs to make it into the playoffs and luka doncic who is always a fun loving like energizing guy has said that he's lost his love for basketball this season and he has cited some personal reasons as well and he has also stated that he wants to remain in dallas long term Mm -hmm. and i believe his contract goes until 2026 it's a while yeah yeah or it's either 2026 or 2027 um but they still have some time but like i just think clearly they really tried with kyrie irving (laughs) That did not work with Luca. <laughs> they were on a heater starting the season, and they're closing it out on such negative energy um, that I just think they need to like chalk up this season, kind of put it in the trash, not think about it, come back next season, Kyrie irving and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just regroup. Because the talent is there, and the group is there, the management is there, it just was not their season. And then moving more on to the play-in tournament themselves, I mean, there's even more scandal because um, the tonight I believe it's going to be um, Atlanta Hawks versus Miami Heat and Timberwolves versus Lakers. So there has been a lot of scandal surrounding the Timberwolves with Rudy Gobert getting sent home um, and suspended for the, the playing game after punching his teammate Kyle Anderson during a timeout huddle. Um, where I believe they were playing the the um, Pelicans. And then their other player, Jaden McDaniels, fractured his hand on um, money punch ball. So clearly it's going in a downward spiral for the Timberwolves. Um, I think this is exactly what the Lakers want in terms of great like media material in terms of downward spiral for the Timberwolves but what a story would that be if the Timberwolves won their play-in game?
0: Well I think it's exactly what for people who believe that sports is rigged and that sports are (laughs) scripted all of a sudden the path for LeBron James to make it deeper into the playoffs is becoming apparently a lot clearer at the given moment I don't think that sports are rigged but for people out there who might believe that all of a sudden you're seeing the Timberwolves literally self-destruct in front of you Um, it's definitely interesting to see. I just want to also hear your thoughts in general on play-in tournaments because I know we mentioned this before recording. The NBA started this in the COVID bubble and they've now continued. And I forget it might have actually been like ratified in their CBA that now it's like sticking around long term forever at this point. Do you think other sports need to incorporate this? The NFL is a little bit of it, I guess you call like their wild card weekend is somewhat like a play-in tournament of sorts. But Major League Baseball had it for one year during COVID immediately ditched it, and then the NHL has not tested anything out like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, the NHL, they did, in the COVID bubble also do, like, mm-hmm. a play-in tournament as well. But, I mean, even NBA players, like, LeBron has specifically said that he really dislikes <laughs> the play-in tournament, but now he's making yeah. it. Well, I'm sure he has a change of heart now that he's ma- he's going to be trying to make the playoffs, like, via play-in tournament. So, I will say, I... Again, as y'all know by now, I love a good underdog, and if we go back to the NHL like playoffs during that COVID season, the um, Montreal Canadiens made the Stanley Cup Finals after only being able to make the playoffs because of that play-in round. Okay. So it, it wasn't technically a play-in round, they just expanded the playoffs a little bit. It was more like... They called it the NHL playoffs, and then it was, like, one—it was a, I believe, five-game— or it could go to five games, you had to win three, and then you could go to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But that was what allowed for the Habs to make it to the finals, have that Cinderella story run, and have key breakout players like Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, um, and kind of Carey Price and Shea Weber's last dance moment— so, I'm honestly going to say I support it because in terms of all sports, why would you not in terms of management perspective, why would you not want more games to ge- to generate revenue for your league? I think this creates drama. I think it creates good stories. I think this is what creates rivalry and like you can create merch out of this. You have ticket sales, And I think it really amps up the intensity because obviously you're not playing a seven-game series; you're shortening it. And some, I believe, the play-in, so the NBA play-in tournament, um, the like the Bulls and the Raptors are in a single elimination must-win game. How Mm -hmm. exciting is that? I know with the NFL, like they're always all (laughs) single elimination games because it's football. But like having that intensity on the line, having so much there, like whether or not you. W- whether or not you go home and your season is done or you keep you keep going. I just think that's good to grow your game. I just think it's good to create more traction and to create bonds with the fans. But I don't know.
0: I think the problem, and it might work in the NBA, I think the problem with incorporating it into hockey or baseball is that it basically dilutes the actual regular season. And for a sport like baseball, you're going to play 162 games to make more than half the league make the playoffs, which you could probably... <laughs> Even in the current format, the Los Angeles Dodgers, New York Yankees, your Houston Astros, you go into the season knowing you're in the playoffs. Like, an awful season for you guys would be, okay, 95 wins. And I feel like if you have a play-in tournament where now you're going to let more than half the teams into the league, first off, you're probably going to get teams at some point finish below 500 and make the playoffs, which maybe you're fine with that. I'm not because I think that's... (laughs) Rewarding mediocrity in the massive sense that you're basically telling a team just play around 500 And you've got as good a chance at winning the whole finals as any team that won 105 games in the case of baseball and 120 points in the case of the Boston Bruins, but <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't hate the idea because obviously if We got to a situation where the Islanders are in some playoff form or play-in tournament and the Mets are in a play-in tournament Sign me up for more playoff games in New York, but it's
1: giving LeBron <laughs> exactly. But looking at a, changing the yeah. script,
0: but from an outside perspective, I don't. There are teams that don't deserve to be in the playoffs that make the playoffs because of this.
1: I will say, here's the thing though like, I don't know how much this actually affects it, but they do have to play more games and the. I don't know, the tiredness, the effort that goes into playing more games, like, that automatically puts you at a disadvantage. You're kind of clawing your way into the playoffs versus, like, it's like the long debate of well-rested team versus team with momentum going in. So there is that. I will say I think you do have to limit the amount of teams that can make the play-in tournament Mm -hmm. and the amount of teams that can ultimately make the playoffs. Yeah. but I think it creates an added level of intensity, like I said. Um, but I do, yeah, I do think. Well, in this is a whole nother discussion. I just think the MLB should have a shorter season. <laughs> Same with the NHL. Um, but I, and then maybe we could do the playing tournament.
0: The problem there is going to be there's if we're talking about the playing tournament generating revenue. There's no shot you could go to ownership <laughs> and say, yeah, so we're gonna take. 20 games off your schedule <laughs> and you're not making any of that money. MLB is looking to expand. I doubt they're going to sign up they for They can any. Okay,
1: they have like literally over 160 <laughs> games. They can take off 10 or 20. Even NHL with 82, they could bring it to 70.
0: I do have to ask, do you have any NBA predictions with the playoffs or anything to do Ooh, with that?
1: okay. So, um I guess in terms of who's going to make the pl- or who's going to make the playoffs in terms of the play-in tournament. Hawks versus Heat, hmm. I'm going to go Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they haven't really done anything since, <laughs> since Trae Young lifted them to the top four in, I believe it was, the bubble season. And I'm also going to pick, I mean, I think, wait. I think Atlanta and Miami both make the – okay. Okay. I think they both make it. Sorry, that mm-hmm. was incorrect because the loser would have to yeah. I think they both make it, so scratch that. But um I'm gonna say that Chicago Bulls make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then I might I'm Loki might take the Timberwolves. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go with the Thunder.
0: All right. I They're like a young
1: it. team. I support the Thunder.
0: I'll make a bold prediction. It doesn't have to do with the play in tournament, but since games will start for the actual first round of the playoffs by the time we record next, I will say the Brooklyn Nets, wow. led by whoever is on that team now. <laughs> will defeat James Harden in the 76ers in six games in round one as their revenge tournament against James wow. Harden. Wow,
1: you don't the even Nets... know the players on the Nets, and you're ready. Mikhail
0: Bridges is an amazing player for <laughs> them so far. Ben Simmons will not touch the court this series. There's no <laughs> shot they let that happen in Philly. But the bold prediction will be that the Nets go farther in the playoffs than any of their big three players go in the playoffs. So that means well, Kyrie's already missed the playoffs.
1: You're right. They're
0: gonna defeat James Harden in round one, Nets and six, lock that up right now. And then I think that also means that I think the Phoenix Suns get eliminated in round one to the Clippers. Because wow. that will mean that Kevin Durant, James Harden, wow. and Kyrie Irving technically did not get out of the first round. Meanwhile, I'll say that the Brooklyn Nets, led by Mikhail Bridges, will get out of the first round okay. of the playoffs. So then Dang.
1: what's your so that's your one first round prediction. That is a hot take. Who do you have winning the entire thing?
0: Uh oh. Pick. <laughs> Can I pick rain your... check on that for a week?
1: <laughs> yes. I'm gonna pick okay, my finals. I again haven't really been keeping up. I really hope the Bucks win again, but I'm actually not gonna pick them to make it out of the East. I'm gonna pick Ooh. Ooh. you know what, Dylan? Go Philly. That was not, <laughs> that was not at all what direction I was going to go in.
0: Don't clip that though, because I can never say go Philly with a straight face. That was a sarcastic <laughs> telling you to go Philly, not for me to root for Philadelphia sports because Foo Philly, I could never root for Philadelphia sports. But. Wow.
1: Um, but I was going to pick in the West, I'm going to pick the Nuggets. Okay. And then in the East, I'm going to pick the Knicks.
0: The Knicks?
1: Yeah. I'm giving love to the Knicks, the Knicks. right now. Um, I think they really – I think they need – got to pull it together. I mean, this would be great for New York fans, um, but I believe in them.
0: Hmm. I'm not going to say the Knicks get eliminated in round one because I know <laughs> if we announce that this episode is out there and all our New York buddies are listening to that and I say that the Knicks are eliminated by – Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs in round one, they might all kill me. So I'll be nice and say, okay, the Knicks are going to have a great series with the Cavs and on purpose not say who wins that series. But you think the Knicks are making it all the way to the finals?
1: To be honest, yes.
0: (laughs) All right, I'll say the Nets go all the way to the finals then. Because they're going to defeat Philly, which is my least favorite sports city in the world, which then would set them up to beat the Celtics, which is my second least favorite city in the world. And then if we believe in your theory that they'll then face off in the Knicks in the semifinals, which imagine a Knicks-Nets semifinals in the NBA playoffs would be pretty cool. But I think now we just have a little New York bias and so we're claiming that's possibly going to happen. But
1: yeah, yeah, it is hard. Um, but I, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go. I, I'm going to say the Nuggets win everything. So,
0: I mean, if you're taking the Knicks all the way, you kind of have to like just keep going with it.
1: <laughs> no, I can't. I can't bring my New York. We already have one New Yorker bias on the podcast. We don't need two.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm an anti New York bias. Like, everyone's doing worse. Fair. But. If we're good to transition off the NBA, there's one other sport left that I've been dying to speak about. And that Actually, is two. <laughs> two, but there's one that I'm personally dying to talk about, and that is the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays, or 10-0 and 0 <laughs> in Major League Baseball. Are we
1: surprised?
0: Yes. I but am no. also surprised. They've faced three horrific teams. They I have. The Detroit Tigers, I the know. Washington Nationals, the Oakland A's, and I think they beat Boston Red Sox last night, which are four of the worst teams In baseball right now, of course, it's going to be perfect and on cue that they're going to lose Tuesday night, which will mean that they will no longer be undefeated by the time everyone's listening to this episode. But baseball season has begun. Obviously, when we come back to school in August and September, when the baseball playoff tournament or baseball playoffs will be almost in full swing and we'll have pennant races, we'll talk more about baseball. But just a quick little shout out that baseball is indeed occurring and starring and, you know, (laughs) It's out there. Congrats, Tampa Bay Rays. Max Scherzer looks washed, but that's all I have to say about baseball for now.
1: Wow. I will say, I mean, since 2020, when they did make it um, all the way to the World Series, they were close, but mm-hmm. Dodgers Dodgers got them. I really thought something was in the water in Tampa Bay. You had the Lightning winning. I was like, Rays are going to win as well. It's just going to be a great time for the city of Tampa. Um, they also had
0: the Bucks too, won that year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're was, so they right. Were going for a I
1: know you're <laughs> right. How could I forget Tom Brady just throwing the trophy, the Lombardi Trophy around um, on his boat?
0: I guess we now have to see consecutive episodes where Tom Brady is mentioned. We once again yeah. have a tally. That <laughs> we Tom haven't Brady even talked about in.
1: the NFL and Tom Brady somehow comes up once again. He never fails to be a consistent presence in our lives. Um, yeah, I don't know. I to be honest. The Rays are the Rays. I think we need to see them face some tougher opponents. They got a long season ahead of them. I think it's too early to react. I mean, it's always fun when you when yeah. you start out the season hot. But I've also seen a lot of teams that will go on 10-game winning streak and then 10-game losing streak. And then that just all that momentum just becomes horrible and the losses feel so much worse mm-hmm. than your wins. And obviously, like... They're carrying that momentum, but it's not sustainable for 160.
0: Plus and I believe games. the last team that started the year, had the stat at 9 0. I'm not sure, 10 0, but 9 0 was the Kansas City Royals. And that season, they ended the season with 72 wins and did not even make the playoffs. Wow. Under 500. So just because the Rays are hot right now doesn't mean that my bold prediction that they missed the playoffs is going to be incorrect. Right. We do. Okay, fine. We have one other sport to mention. <laughs> I figured you'd want to skip the Masters because, you know, your prediction wasn't so hot about that whole thing, but talk to us about the golf that happened this weekend.
1: I know. This was, I mean, last week, we really talked about the controversy of Live Golf, and that controversy was so close to blowing up because we had Brooks Koepka and Phil Mickelson get a second and third, and Brooks Koepka was really I mean, he choked. Yes. He really choked. And John, I don't even know if his last name, Rom? Mm -hmm. Ram? Yeah. Um, Ultimately won the Masters on the last day. We did see some really tough conditions. Who would have thought Phil Mickelson would have come, like, out of his grave, out of retirement? (laughs) You
0: certainly didn't last week. No, I
1: didn't. And I still, I believe this is the best that he's ever going to perform for the rest of his career. And you can quote me on that. um but can you imagine if a live golf player had won the masters
0: well i think it's also fun to notice in live golf as we pointed out last week they play less holes than you do in the masters and what do you know brooks Kepko's was dominant through the first 56 and then falls off and mm-hmm. loses in that last 18. Mm-hmm. So who knows if that played into a factor. I would have loved for Brooks Kepka to win because someone might have <laughs> said that on last week's episode <laughs> if you go back to that and check it out. But yes, definitely we were setting up for a nice uh, PGA John Rahm versus Live Golf Brooks Kepka And then as you mentioned, he basically just like choked away a massive lead. And we have another Masters where it wasn't really tightly contested at the end. I believe he won by four strokes, if I have it correctly. Which yeah. you're like, that's not that much. Yes, it is in golf. Four. <laughs> You'd have to it mess is. up to lose four at the end. But yeah. um, Masters I mean, in the books. Yeah.
1: My pick, Colin Morikawa, he was 10th. So. Nice. And he finished minus four. I mean, he made the cut.
0: Uh-huh. Tiger Woods made the cut, too. <laughs> he did, shout out to he, Tiger Woods. Fight. And then
1: he, what happened? His plantar fascia or something, he, his surgery.
0: His surgery went was, wrong. I don't yeah. know if you've seen the video of him excuses. limping off the field. and Well, not an excuse, because not to get graphic here, but apparently the... Uh, the oh, no. the nail that this. held his knee together oh, kind of no. broke the skin. So uh, oh no, I think that's a valid excuse. I think that to yeah,
1: I'm gonna agree back with out. that as well. <laughs> no, you gotta play through. <laughs> that would be a mentality that Dylan would take.
0: Uh, well, I'm here. I am supporting the player and yes. that I'm fully yeah. fine with him taking <laughs> off here, as opposed to I know fans are like, what do you mean we're not getting Tiger Woods action? <laughs> no, it's fine for him to Let take off be. here.
1: I did see some funny debates. Um, with people wondering if if a live golf player won, do you give them like you know the coveted green jacket? Do you, you have give them to. no, no, but do you give them the green jacket, but a different shade of green <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing if you just see them wearing it, you wouldn't know. But true. when you get the picture of all the Masters winners in their green jackets, just that one live golf player would stand out in, like, a slightly off shade of green. I don't know if we want to do, like, a marsh green or, like, a more lime green.
0: <laughs> the thing, though, is that would kind of be attracting attention to live golf. Yeah, so that's like, true. So, like, that would stand out. Of course, also, Brooks Koepka was successful in the PGA before yeah. ditching. So it's not like it's a random guy who's signed up with live for the first time and never played in the PGA. But, um... I would have loved for a nice Brooks Kepka storyline, but unfortunately, no. didn't happen. <laughs> the only thing not on the show sheet before we wrap up, because I have to ask the question: There's nothing about F one. Did just nothing happen? Nothing is it not has a story? happened.
1: No, because they actually, I know, surprisingly, but I guess we'll do our quick F one breakdown. Is they actually don't have grand prix every weekend. Okay. So the next one is April thirtieth, um, Azerbaijan. They had a little one month ish break. Um, so,
0: so basically, I watched as much Grand Prix as you did this weekend.
1: Exactly. Wait, look
0: at that, catching up.
1: Totaling 2-0.
0: The only other sport we haven't talked about yet that I'll quickly mention, Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Baltimore Ravens, and we're now approaching day Forty of Aaron Rodgers has still not been <laughs> traded to the I'm New York you, Jets. I'm telling you, he's not
1: going to be a Jet. He's.
0: I'd love for that. To I made
1: that prediction on episode one of this podcast. He's not going to be a Jet. He, I think he's going to be stay a Packer. Actually, I think, did I, re, I? Maybe I revised that.
0: I don't know. We'd have to listen back to the tape. Yeah. It seems like the 49ers are sneaking in here at the last second. If. I do not support that. Please,
1: no, Niners, do not do it.
0: (laughs) The Jets have the massive draft, sort of, they have a bunch of compensation that is better than any other team can offer. So that's why their advantage still remains likely that he ends up with the Jets. But the draft is now, I believe, 16 days away. So we shall see what happens in football land with Aaron Rodgers becoming still the most interesting man in sports, in my opinion.
1: Not Tom Brady. You can't, you, Tom you Brady's really not just...
0: in sports anymore, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> wow. Sadness. I mean, he still is, just in a different role.
0: True. He's an owner now. He, he is, is an, an, owner. an owner of a so WNBA,
1: WNBA team. hmm Yeah. Wow. Well, lots of fun action. Definitely going to be keeping up with the NBA playoffs, and also we'll see who makes the NHL playoffs. I'm going to stick with my picks of Islanders-Penguins.
0: And I've got the Panthers and the Penguins, so we shall see. one
1: of us has to drag the New York teams into the playoffs.
0: I'd love for you, like, this is one of the things I'd (laughs) love for you to be correct. Like, (laughs) if we come in next Wednesday or Monday, whenever we record, and the Islanders are in a playoff series, well, at that point, they might be, like, down 2-0 in a playoff (laughs) series, I will say and happily take my loss on this one, but we yeah. shall see.
1: I mean, here's the thing. It's a win-win. Either your prediction is right for <laughs> who's making the playoffs, or you have your team going in.
0: So It's like a fun, emotional hedging that's happening. Yeah. There, but we shall see. So unless there's anything else you want to throw in, shaking heads. So until the next time, the turf is burned.